golf and rock and roll. Not logical, but it is fascinating. Playing down that big old fairway. Don't want no hackers to get in my way. The boys and me got a big NASA going. We were born to drive. It's the Golf Insiders, giving you the inside scoop on all things golf. Now, here are your Golf Insiders on FM 96.9 The Game. Hey, bring me another bucket of balls. We love it. I turn on the lights. I love the lane. Because I love it. We love it. Hello, Oh, I didn't think we were going to get to hear that again. You're listening to the Golf Insiders taking you home from the fairways of I-4 in the house, Holly G, along with Will Perry. So uh, soothing, that music. What a masters it was. Will Perry, you know, you know how I've pulled for Sergio over and over. Sometimes to a fault, actually. actually. <laughs> I love Sergio. I know. Uh, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And my goodness, what a sweet, sweet victory it was on Sunday. And, you know, what an amazing Masters. The Masters never disappoints us. Uh, Just an amazing leaderboard Sunday as they all teed off. Great storylines between uh, Ricky Fowler and Jordan Spieth playing together. A little bit of Ryder Cup action, sort of, with Justin Rose and and Sergio out in the last group and the Americans in Mm -hmm. the second to last group. I mean, it and towards the end, you sort of felt like, you know, it was certainly it boiled down to a match play tournament between Justin Rose and Sergio. Both, uh, as has been told, good friends have played golf together, grew up playing golf together, coming through the European tour, uh, both having uh, challenges, getting their careers going at certain points, and uh, just uh, an incredible display of sportsmanship uh, in, on that final uh, playoff hole when Sergio drained the putt, and I was glad he didn't have to two putt it. That's for sure. I'm glad one putt. I mean to he, win. <laughs> I'm glad he made the birdie to be able to win. Yeah, sure. the tapping just wouldn't have had the same no, effect. No, it wouldn't have had the same effect. Obviously, we wouldn't have gotten the the celebration, the the rejoice, the emotion, and that was what it was. That's that's what watching that is all about: is waiting until that final moment. And you know the um, the putt of a true champion, you know, right there in the left corner, sort of a uh, you know half ringer. Well, the thing is, and he's missed multiple. I mean, the the players and the 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 open, he's had very similar putts that have lipped out off of the same left edge. Yeah, it was uh, it was just a thrilling, thrilling uh, final round, and uh, the. Of course, um, the the playoff. But we are got a loaded schedule tonight for you. So much Masters coverage, and uh, we're gonna uh, go to Bob Herrig right now from ESPN.com, who's just back from Augusta, and uh, get all of his insights and uh, impressions of of Sergio's big win. Hey, Bob. Hey, how you guys doing? Uh, I'm curious. Did you get to play on Monday? I did not. No, I did not. Ah. It was a great too. It was a great day Monday. Really nice. So. It, it was what what a wild week, huh? From uh, the the wicked weather 
on Wednesday that forced the cancellation of the par three, those wins on Thursday and Friday. You know, I, I saw Phil uh, give a brief interview. I don't know if it was a golf channel and he just said he he was he was just tuckered out after the round on Friday, and so I I had kind of a feeling maybe uh, the gas had run out of Phil's tank. I don't know. Yeah, I think so. I mean, that Friday round, if I'm not mistaken, Phil bogeyed three of the last five. Uh, you know, he was right there, and um, you know that was unfortunate because he, um, uh, you know, I, I thought he had a great chance, and then on on uh, both. Saturday and Sunday, he started two under. He, the Saturday, he went birdie-birdie. On Sunday, he went par-eagle. And makes double at the third, hitting an iron off the tee. I mean, it was just a strange thing for Phil. There was a lot of strangeness with a lot of different people. Jordan Spieth, uh, Ricky, Odd, um, you know, how those guys were really nowhere to be found. Obviously, the Dustin Johnson injury, getting hurt before the tournament in such a freakish manner. Um and let's be honest, how many people were talking about Sergio going into the week? As, as good as he is and as highly ranked as he is, and he won earlier this year, I don't think a whole lot of people were talking about him, And uh, you know, but now we are. <laughs> it was a heck of a performance by him. As if we weren't maybe talking about him enough before, right, in terms of not being able to win a major. Now does the conversation switch to can he win another one, or what does this do maybe for the next you know, what, maybe four or five years that he might have left of, like, a real run in his career? Well, I think now the pressure is off. And uh, obviously when you get in the hunt in the major, there's going to be pressure. But as as we saw with Justin Rose, um, he played very freely and loosely on Sunday. And I think it's because he knew he already had one. You know, Justin Rose didn't really make a whole lot of mistakes there. I mean, he obviously hit a poor tee shot in the playoffs. Uh, but, you know, uh, he, he get, gave himself a two-shot lead. He didn't do anything wrong on 15 and 16. He birdied those holes to get in front, made a bogey on 17, which is no great sin. It happened uh, and was right there to win it. Uh, you know, he's got a U.S. Open. I think it makes it easier. I think for Sergio it'll be the same thing. You know, maybe at one time there was this thought that he might win six, eight, ten majors. I don't think that's going to happen. And so now it's, it's sort of gravy. You know, if he can add another one, that would be phenomenal. Uh, and he's now proven that he can. And I think uh, in that situation, again, you'll see him uh, a lot freer and looser, and, and, and it might even help him more. And the guy is still, you know what, top five ball strikers out there. We saw it on those closing holes. The, it was a stripe show. You know, the drivers, the, the, the iron shots to the greens, it was it was a terrific display, and it's always been a question of the putting, and he got just enough to go in. Yeah, and even that shot he hit out of the pine straw on 13, um, you know, to, to then set up the fact that he was able to save par there. I think, you know, the big thing was he didn't give it away, and he, you know, kept talking about acceptance, this place he's come to, to take the good and the bad on, on the golf course. And, uh, hey, you know, some of that's just maturity, uh, that comes along the way, I'm sure. But it, it, you know, he, I think it was a lot the ball was saying that he played the pack practice round with him on, was it Wednesday? And he just saw this calm about him that uh, he thought was the key to him being able to break through and win at Augusta. And, and so it, so he did. There's no doubt that his mind and his attitude helped him win. 
You know, at another time, that tee shot on 13, it would have been, woe is me. You know, it would have been hanging his head. He might have given up. Especially after 10 and 11. Sure. He made bogeys on 10 and 11. You know, he kind of was a little shaky on those tee shots, obviously. And they led the bogeys. And so now he's behind. uh, And, you know, 13, he... He, you know, he, he pulled it a hair. It wasn't a terrible shot, but he just was a little off. It catches a tree. You know, he, in the old days, Ty, uh, Sergio would have would have lamented his bad luck. You know, my, you know, it doesn't. You know, that by me, poor me. me, right? And and instead, he made an all-world par, and that was the difference. I mean, Justin Rose said that was a turning point. You know, he said, "I'm looking to go up three, maybe four. Instead, it's Two, which is what it was when the hole began. And then, of course, that's when Sergio turned it on. He hit that great approach at 14. 15 was another example of the old days. Sergio would have maybe lamented that. That ball should have been two, three, four, five feet away for Eagle. It hit the flagstick and goes 15 feet away. You know, instead of being mad about it, he made it. You know, he made it for the Eagle anyway. And, and, uh, and, and you know, I, I realize on the next hole he missed a short putt but that was not an easy putt. You know, he was close. No, to the road, it wasn't. But that was a perf- that was a perfect example of sometimes being closer is not better at Augusta. You know, Rose was below the hole. Sergio wasn't. That was a very hard putt to make, and it, and it just slid off on him. But he didn't want to let it get away from him, which is completely understandable. Right. So, um, in any case, it was a. Uh, I thought it was a. You know, a, a, you know, so many holes you can point to, but just a lot of resiliency there from Sergio and. And, uh, you know, good for him. I think it's a good story for the game. You know, there's, there's certain things in the game that I think we, we sit there and go, they should have happened and, it's, and we're worse off for it. Greg Norman never having won a Masters. Monty never having won a Major. Um, I, I think Sergio not having won a Major would have been, would have been bad, and, and now he's got one. And, you know, of course, going into it, there was the possibility of was this going to be, you know, a – somewhat a round of serendipity happening on, you know, Seve's birthday. And uh, I don't know about you, but when that shot stuck on the bank on Saturday, was it on 13? Uh, You know, sometimes also a little bit of luck is going your way and gives you that extra, you know, nudge that, hey, maybe this is my time. Yeah, that was potentially a a two-shot swing there also, you know, uh, he managed to get that up and down for for birdie. If he has to drop, you know, maybe he gets it up and down for par. But if he doesn't, you know, you're talking four to. I mean, it's just you're right. It's a great example. Um, there was there was some good fortune that finally went his way, and that was that was um, you know that might have been the best example of it. What do you think uh, for for Sergio? Of course, there's so much history connected to the Masters. You know, with um, Seve and Alafabal, you know, the Spaniards having, you know, such a great presence at the Masters. But coming down the pike is the Open Championship, which we know to many European players is, you know, their most prized major. What, what do you think? What do you think? Which tournament means more to Sergio, do you think? Well, I think, I think the Open probably means the most to him. If anything, the Masters was the lowest on his list because he was so frustrated by the golf course. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, go back many of his comments over the years. You know, he just didn't like the place. It didn't suit him. He 
He thought it was unfair. Um, and, you know, and yet he's had high finishes there. You know, he's had a bunch of top tens. Uh, and, uh, but the Open, of course, you know, he, he nearly won at Carnoustie. Um, he's contended. He contended at uh, Hoylake a couple of years ago. It's really more suited to him. You know, uh, the greens aren't as fast. They're not as undulating. It's more about hitting the ball solid in the wind, um, giving yourself enough opportunities. Uh, and once on the greens, you know, he, his, his um, deficiencies aren't as pronounced. You know, the greens are slower. They don't break as much. Uh, he, you know, he, he's, got a, he's got as good of a chance probably as, as some people that are better putters than him. Because he, but because he can hit it better, you know, that gives him an advantage. I mean, I think it's going to be fun to see uh, how he does at Birkdale this summer. Now, his, he's getting married in July. I'm not sure if it's before or after the Open. Um, I, I would think it would be before. It, there's not a lot of time after the Open. But, um, you know, I mean, uh, that, all of that might factor in. Um, but I, obviously, I think this has put him in a good place mentally. And, and uh, it showed last week. It sure did, and so did that 50,000-watt smile that he had going. Wow, that was uh, just pure joy. It was uh, just a, a great day for golf all the way around. As always, Bob, we thank you so much for uh, spending a little time with us, and uh, you headed to RBC or taking some time off? No, I am home. I am off this week, and uh, we'll be watching from afar and taking it easy. <laughs> you think Luke Donald's going to be able to get over the hump? This guy's had four runner-ups at the RBC. Yeah, I think, it, I think and he, since he didn't play the Masters, I think that makes his chances even better. All right, we'll see. All right, thanks so much. Bob Herrick from ESPN.com. You. You're listening to the Golf Insiders 96.9 The Game. Stay with us. More golf talk coming up. an impact, actually, uh, when he sank that three iron and hit me in the back of the head. I can't believe I'm into this. I really hate to lose. Asking forgiveness. Got the struggler's blues. struggler's blues. We're back. The Golf Insiders taking you home on the fairways of by 4 in the house. Holly G along with Will Perry. Will, got a big announcement here. We've got a new partner here at the Golf Insiders. It's the Big Summer Golf Card. All you listeners out there, this is a big, cool deal. Disney Golf. They have been in uh, the southwest area of Florida, Naples, Sarasota, Tampa, and they're coming to central Florida They've been doing the summer golf card there for over 15 years. And, yes, it is now going to be here in Orlando. Uh, opportunities to save off of all kinds of green fees at dozens of courses from basically May until the end of October. The summer golf card's only $60. $60! That's a great deal. Cheap! Anyway, they're having a big kickoff golf event, and uh, we're inviting you as a guest of the Golf Insiders to play the beautiful Disney Palm course on Monday, May 1st. It's a 1 p.m. shotgun tee-off with all kinds of prizes, gifts, and goodies. You know, we are all about the swag here at the Always. Golf Insiders. You'll be treated to lunch, golf, prizes, and a lot of fun. Registration's at 12 o'clock. You can warm up on the range. And here's the deal. You're 
being asked for a $25 donation, 100% of it all going to the first tee of Orlando. You can pay at registration. You can bring a foursome. It's going to be a great time. 25 bucks to play Disney, the palm course. Just I'm in. That, you in? That in and of itself is a deal. And if anybody doesn't want to celebrate that, that's actually my birthday. Oh, really? So, All right. So it's now the Will Perry Big Summer Golf <laughs> Card kickoff event. I mean, if you guys want to. Uh, are you legal yet? <laughs> okay, just, just checking, just checking. Uh, so the Big Summer Golf Card, check it out, bigsummergolf.com. That's bigsummergolf.com. We'll have more details. Um, but uh, come join us on Monday, May 1st at the Disney Palm Golf Course. Again, bigsummergolf.com. All right, we're going to go uh, talk some more Masters Talk here, Will Perry. And we've With got one of our favorites. One of our favorites, the one, the only, Mr. Jeff Babino from Golf Week checking in with us. Hey, Babs. Hey, what's going on, Holly G and Will? Well, my man won, so Will owes me a lot of money. <laughs> your man. My Sergio man. Your man. You know Sergio's my man. I um, don't even think she picked him this time, Jeff, actually, but it's kind of like... That's a, it's a given. It's part of like this default list that she uses when she... That's right. You know, it's like she gets like three or four picks, and sometimes I only get one. <laughs> hey, you know, it's yeah, the way well, it goes for us women, right? You probably picked Sergio for 19 straight years, and he finally came through. Oh, my gosh. A, a big, big, uh, big win. We know that. And uh, I caught you on the Golf Channel stand behind Victor Garcia's dad uh, when I think Todd Lewis was interviewing him. How happy was that man? Well, you know, he was openly – we were in the um, clubhouse, and he was there watching it on TV with his family. And once uh, once Rose missed on 18 in the playoff, he was openly wailing. He was crying so loud. It was just, you know, such joy and relief and – all, all of them, all mixed into one little cocktail, you know, and and that family was pretty happy walking up to that path, that uh, back lawn to go see Sergio. That's for sure. I didn't realize this that his dad has been his teacher, his coach, sometimes his caddy this whole time. That you know, despite the highs and lows, he's stuck with his dad. That is really cool. Yeah, you know, and and uh, you think about it for for tw- you know two decades basically out there. His dad, I think, caddied for him when he played at the Masters as an amateur after winning the British Amateur. So it's been quite a ride. You know, they've seen him go through a lot of highs and lows. And, you know, he, I, you know the one thing about him having so many tough finishes at majors is that he's so good he kept putting himself there. You know, I mean, I think people kind of forgot that a little bit. They see him kind of fall back sometimes and sometimes collapse. But he always would put himself there. He's just such a great ball striker. Uh, I always thought a U.S. Open would be in his future, and and lo and behold, uh, he got one done at the Masters, and that's a nice one to get done. Speaking about highs and lows, number 12 is starting to get Jordan's number. I mean, yeah. just holes over water in general are starting to get Jordan's number. I mean, you know, obviously we don't look want to look into it too much there, but the fact that this now is back-to-back years and having hit the shot in the first round, I mean, he's got to be playing tricks with his mind a little bit here. Yeah, I think so. I, I agree with you. I uh, I was out there on Thursday walking with him when he made the nine at uh, 15. Uh, you know, I'm I'm convinced watching him hit the shot he hit from the fairway, he liked it. You know, it just spun a little too much on him. It comes back, and then you kind of you end up overprotecting a little bit, and he goes long, and all of a sudden he's made nine. He battled his way back into the tournament. To me, his play on Sunday was one of the big shocks. You know, he and Ricky not doing anything to – 
they were out of it so early it seemed and uh you know so that was um that was surprising to me and and uh he does have some kind of block on the 12th hole he had a he had a bad shot another day left and i mean it's a 140 yard shot so uh that's definitely in his head and it's something he's got to get by to uh you know as he moves on with his master's career you know i really thought ricky was looking in uh you know, good control seemed, you know, quite at ease. I, I, I thought this might have been Ricky's time. Yeah, I mean, he's seen, he was right there. All of a sudden, he had no short game on Sunday. I mean, when your short game leaves you, that's not the place bye-bye. you want to be. Yeah, you, bye-bye. And uh, honestly, I thought Spieth was in the perfect spot. You know, I, Rose plays that place great, and Sergio was certainly calm and playing well. But those guys aren't the putters that Spieth is. And you think of Augusta and you think of a close shootout on Sunday and you're going to take the putters, you know. So the putters were were uh, Spieth and, and Fowler and that ball strikers were really Rose and Garcia. But uh, certainly Sergio, I mean, he made some just huge shots down the stretch. I mean, the Eagle at 15. I When he was in the pine straw and Justin Rose is looking at his yardage book on 12, I think Rose is thinking, hey, I'm about to go. You know, I could go four shots up here, and this thing would be almost over. You know, so uh, back at thirteen, and but you know, it's Augusta, it's the back nine, and it's never over, and that's pretty much the beauty of that competition. Rory have you know finished with a pretty good back nine on Sunday. It went a little under the radar given what was going on, but uh, sixty nine for him, and he finished minus three. Yeah, you know, and he's chalking up top tens now there, but. He's not getting himself in, in that Sunday hunt a lot, you know. Um, just too many mistakes, too many up and downs during the week. It was it was brutal. I mean, it was a really tough week. Thursday, Friday were really hard out there. And I, I just, the more I walk around that place, I've been to 23 Masters. I mean, it's, there's, some, there's some holes that get really hard out there. One's a real hard hole and 11. And, I, you know, and back in the day, you don't remember holes being such tough pars. But between the conditions and just, between how difficult those holes have become, the length in them, uh, it's hard out there. So there's just places you got to hold on. There's places where you got to recognize it's a green light and go. And uh, the guy who does it the best wears a green jacket. That uh, that is for sure. Any update on DJ and his uh, his back? Not much. He's sore. You know, he thought he thought he almost broke his back. He fell so hard. I know his arm was all. Banged up, bruised up. He's back in the gym a little bit, back riding his bike. And he, he took a long layoff after the Masters last year, and he was expected to take at least three weeks this time too. So he has some time. I think we'll see him again at the Wells Fargo, which because the PGA is going to Charlotte, the Wells Fargo is going up to Wilmington, Eagle Point, uh, in a few weeks. So we'll see him there and then play the players, and then hopefully he's back in sync and continue what's been a great year. You know, you want to see him – continue that and, and make an impact in the majors. Do you think he'll be able to jump right back in there when he does come back? I, I do. I mean, he, he's he's the guy who gets rattled the least, you know, as long as, as, long as it's not an injury that really, you know, I, I think it's just kind of soreness. Uh, none of them is broken or anything like that. So uh, he, he gets less flustered than anybody out there. So he'll be right back out there. It's not like a, a month off to him it means a lot with his game. His game's never far off. Uh, his putting's been good, you know, and he, a lot of talk about how much he improved his, his wedge play last year. So, and then he drives it so well. So, you know, 
Aaron Hills is going to be a big brawny U.S. Open test, and and he should be just fine there. Absolutely. Who are you looking at to uh, put the plaid jacket on this weekend? The plaid. <laughs> From the green think, to the think, plaid. Uh, maybe Lake Mary's own Matt Kuchar might wear a little plaid. He's got some plaid Ooh. in the closet, but he could add to it. And I think he left the Masters on such a high. It's such a great Sunday. Oh, I yeah. saw him ordering a beer at the bar after. Mm. I said, aren't you supposed to get one of those for everybody? And, That's uh, right, the ace. <laughs> kind of gave me the quiet sign. <laughs> had his beer and enjoyed it. But he loves Harbor Town and he's hitting it well. It's not a place where you got to hit a million miles. You got to got to be smart there. Good course management, good shot making, and he's won there before. So I think he's going to go in there with a lot of confidence. And it's been a little while since he won, so he'll, he'll be ready to win again. All right. Well, it's another great tournament coming up, uh, Hilton Head and. Harbor Town, that's that's just a fun, great golf course and amazing views off the Calabogie Sound. So <laughs> we'll be watching another great tournament this weekend. Thanks so much, Babs. Will. Check all their coverage out at golfweek.com. You're listening to the Golf Insiders 969 the game. Stay with us. There. Hey Harry, thanks a lot for all the security you provide for us. Well, that's my job to keep all those nuts away from you. That's just the way it is. Don't play in pebble. Won't pay the price. I love my muni. I think it's nice. It'd be good to just make part. We're back. The Golf Insiders in the house. Holly G along with Will Perry. Don't forget the big summer golf cart is now here in Orlando. This is filled with some of the best courses in Central Florida. Dozens of them. For 60 bucks, you can get this card and play the bottom rack rate at any course, anytime, all summer long, May to October. Unlimited rounds? So much rounds? golf, unlimited rounds, 60 bucks. Can't beat this thing. Go to the BigSummerGolf.com, BigSummerGolf.com. Speaking of big, oh boy, our next guest, um, she is big. Big. She, she got a firsthand in view the world of, what of it was like sports radio and television. Uh, certainly a good friend of mine and a, and a mentor. Uh, she was the first woman to host a call-in sports show on WFAN in New York, where she hosted it for over 20 years and continues to be the station's golf correspondent. She was there at the Masters. She won a dream come true, Will Perry. I'm very jealous. the lottery, the media lottery, and get the chance to play Augusta National on Monday. And I can't wait to hear all about it. Anne Ligori, hello, my friend. Holly, how's it going? I'm still just so psyched. You know, I haven't come down yet. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I, I, I can believe it. I, the only thing I could compare to was the first time I played Pebble Beach, and I didn't even care what I shot. It was just being on that, those hollow grounds and, you know, thinking of Bing singing, you know, over the, uh, over the ocean there. Tell us what it was yeah, like. Yeah, no, Pebble Pebble Beach is gorgeous. I love Pebble, but um, you know, I got you know they had this lottery, and I I signed up again this year. I, I played Augusta National twice before. In fact, the last time I was on your show was the, the second time I played it. I don't know if you remember it, but that must have been maybe what eight eight or nine years ago. Could oh my gosh! Wow, could be. Yeah, I we were talking about the same thing and here i am again you can once you get picked you, you have to wait seven years before you put your name in the lottery again 
And so I waited, and this was like the second or third year I was eligible to play it again. And um, I got lucky number 13. And I told oh the my behind the desk, I said, this is it. I said, I have, I'm going to get picked. I feel it. You know, I, I bring my clubs every year. I cover the Masters every year for CBS Radio Network, over 340 affiliates across the country, and, and for WFAN, big sports station in New York. And, um, and so I've been, you know, I always bring my golf clubs because if I'm not playing uh, Augusta National, which I've only, this is only the third time, I, you know, I'll. Only the I'll third time. <laughs> yeah, Can only. You believe it? Only. Oh. oh, my gosh. Oh. And every time it's, it's a, a set of new challenges and it's all, it's very special and it's all, it's always different, every, you know, it's just spectacular. And how many I, get a know, chance? Magical. Magical. How many get a chance to play, Anne? How many? How many names do they draw? They normally pick about. I think there were twenty-eight. Now, when I first played it, and I'm talking back in 1999, uh, I think there were about forty. But they've cut it down to twenty-eight, thirty people on uh, the Monday after, and so it's getting, I think, harder and harder to actually get picked. So, believe me, I savor, I savor it uh, each time. <laughs> So, so um, t- t- and it's all media. It's all media people. I think um, Condoleezza Rice was out there. I saw. Her, I think I saw her from a distance. Uh, I was playing with, um, uh, you know, a couple media guys, and one of the guys pointed her out to me. Like it looked like her from afar. Um, so she, I think she was on it. But you know, the tea time was at eleven forty, and they asked you to get there at ten forty, and you don't go a minute sooner. And so you really only have one hour to get in there. Warm up, um, hit hit balls, you know, putt. Oh my gosh! And I went into the the clubhouse and um, actually went into the locker room. They said, "Go up there," and you know, that's where we changed our shoes. There was a, a, one other woman this year playing with 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 you know, she was in a, uh, I think a group uh, uh, after me, and that was the first time in, in the three times I've been had the opportunity to play against National that I've actually been up in that you know, where the lockers are, and, and they have a gorgeous um, tribute to Arnold Palmer. You know, they have his jack, his green jacket hanging there behind a, a big encasement and uh, a lot of his memorabilia. And then just everybody's lockers there. So my locker was Raymond Floyd. He shares a locker with Byron Nelson. Nice. And it was just unbelievable just to see, you know, Tiger's locker and, and Phil's locker and Jack's locker. And, you know, that was very special because... We weren't, you know, we didn't go up there the last time. Oh. And, you know, being a woman, it, you know, you just don't normally go up there. That's said, right. Oh, no, they were very welcoming this time. They that, said, no, going up. That's and, awesome. Uh, enjoy the clubhouse. So I'm, I'm trying to imagine, like, the women's tees at Augusta. <laughs> well, there's no women. There's no women's tees. It's either the either play the You don't play the championship tees. You play the members' tees. So there's only the members tees and those uh, um i don't have the card right in front of me but it's a little over 6300 yards so um you know i felt i mean i had some strong players in my in my foursome um and they you know hit the ball pretty far but i i felt like i really i hit the ball really well so i i wasn't too far behind them and you know i'm not a professional golfer i'm a professional broadcaster so i uh I'm an amateur player, and yeah, you I, got game. You play in tournaments. Yeah, I got I got some game, and um, I'm very competitive. I love competition. I, you know, I was the first 
I think it was the fourth female celebrity to play in the Bob Hope um, Classic in 2011. The last year, it was the Bob Hope Classic. And uh, I absolutely loved it because, you know, that's a PGA Tour event, and you're actually playing with the guys, with the pro players. You have a different pro every uh, day. Yeah. And on my fun. first day, I had Brant Job, and I had um, Bubba. I had Bubba this the year before he won his first Masters. Oh my goodness! And uh, so that you know that kind of a scenario is it's such great experience and and so it helps you deal with you know the the the, the pressure I guess of playing you know at Augusta National and it's and, the, and it's really all about the greens. You just have to you know it's impossible. They're lightning quick. The, the pin placements are the same as they are in the final round on Sunday. And you have to have a great caddy, and then you have to put the ball where he tells you to put the ball exactly. So where'd you so, hit it? Um, where'd you hit it on number twelve? Number twelve, I went over because I wanted to make sure I'd go over. So it was about 155. It was playing about 150, and I used a um, I used my five wood. I hit my five wood about 160, 165. Now, I, I know guys are going to hear this and think, oh, my God, it's so different than the men's game. But it is. Hey. I mean, the, the women's game is very different. So I, uh, I'm about a, what, a 13 index. I hit uh, my five wood about 160 yards, and I just wanted to make sure. I knew it would be a little too much, but I wanted to make sure I got over Race Creek. And sure enough, I was able to put it a little on the left, left of the bunker, behind the green so um and then i i bogeyed it so i basically three putts yeah that's a little challenging chip staring at the water coming the other way yes i didn't chip it i actually put it i was able to i was close enough where i could put it and you can put you know i mean if i have a choice between putting and chipping on those greens i'm always going to put so but my my highlight was number uh, 16 the par three I, I got it with to within uh, five feet, and so you made was, birdie, right? You know, well, yeah, right. I, <laughs> well, I should have, and it's probably the biggest disappointment. But I can't look at it that way. I just have to be positive about my nine wood from 145 yards. I love it. Did you hit it. Did you hit it center, and did it trickle down no, towards the it, stick? I hit it to the. I hit it to the right. You know, on, it was you know right uh, center right on that green, and then it just rolled down perfectly. In fact. It was great drama for everybody because they thought it would go in. I mean, it was just hit in a perfect spot for it to, to, to drop and, and, you know, roll down that hill to the left. How great would that have been and if that had happened? How amazing. Like, you know, Matt Kuchar had the hole-in-one there. Right. And um, so, yeah, it was it was just fun. I mean, yeah, would I have loved to have made that putt? It seemed so simple, five feet, but, you know, Sergio missed a five-footer, so... You know, it's just you have to be so exact. And when you're sitting down for nine days watching golf and, and you know, really tur- you know covering the tournament, I actually got in Saturday, maybe it was about seven days, and I covered the, the drive, drive, chip, and, chip and, pod. and pod competition. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just, you know, you're sitting there and you're not moving, and, and so you're not putting at all. And I literally got about 10, 15 minutes on the practice putting green. So, you know, it's just trying to get your rhythm down and trying to really – uh, get used to those fast greens so quickly. So um, I was actually very happy, you know, the way I played. And then I was 12 feet away on 14. I made that par 
uh, I'm better at longer putts <laughs> than I am shorter putts. And uh, and then I had, you know, I just had, oh, on, on number 11, I hit um, a beautiful approach shot to within 14 feet. And I, but I two putt from there. So I, I hit, you know, really, I hit my, my tee shot, my driver really well, and I hit my uh, approach shot very well. It, it, again, it was really all about putting. That's awesome. And that's the hardest part of playing from, from any tees at Augusta National. I think the, the pros would tell you the same thing. Well, I don't know. And maybe, uh, maybe you should be doing some play-by-play for CBS, the way you're, uh, you're, you're giving us the rundown here. But uh, what? Well, you know, a lot of times I do because, you know, they'll throw it to me, and I'm, you know, I'm, I have to really do play-by-play. Well, especially, especially on the radio. The Especially on the radio, and you, you do an amazing job. You're... Yeah, you really have to describe it, absolutely, so that it comes alive to the listeners, absolutely. And Anne actually winters here and plays golf at Heathrow. But uh, we're going to see you next month at the ING, and uh, I, I know we've had you on before the last time you played, Augusta. I know, I know it hasn't been seven years, Anne Ligori, but we always enjoy spending time with you. Where can people check you out online? Yeah, well, uh, you know, they can go to my website, www.annligori.com. And every show that I also have another show that's on an NPR affiliate. And every show that it's on Saturdays from 9 to 10 Eastern in the morning. And they can hear it by going to PeconicPublicBroadcasting.org. But all those shows are archived on my website. And uh, and then I'll be covering, you know, the, all the majors for CBS and for um, WFN in New York, and they can always go to those websites to hear to hear the the, the updates as well. So awesome! You can find me. <laughs> All right, our very own Anne Ligori, uh, part-time resident of Orlando, uh, but uh, spends those summers up there in in the Big Apple. We always appreciate spending a little time with you, Anne. See you at the ING. I look forward to it. Thanks so much, Holly. Keep up the great work. Thanks so much. You're listening to the Golf Insiders. Talking to you. 96.9 The Game. Stay with us. More Golf Talk coming up. Well, I don't want to take all the credit for their talent, but uh, first I had to teach them to play golf. Then I had to teach them to sing. And then I taught them to play various instruments, none of which they do very well. I want my dream. Yeah, yeah. Really not so leading me. We're back. The Golf Insiders wrapping up an hour of intelligent golf talk in the house. Holly G and Will Perry. Big summer golf card is here. Coming to Orlando May 1st. Get a chance to play all kinds of courses across Central Florida. Dozens of them for the lowest rate possible. Anytime. That even includes their twilight rate. All day. And from... Morning till night. Check it out. It's bigsummergolf.com, bigsummergolf.com. And uh, we'll have more details about uh, t- their big introduction tournament, which is going to happen Monday, May 1st. Uh, shotgun out at Disney Palm, Disney Palm Course. Uh, only $25 donation to the first tee. So we'll have more details about this next week, but go to bigsummergolf.com and check it out. We'll waste no more time. We're going to Jeff Shane up in Hilton Head and the RBC Heritage to give us a few minutes and tell us uh, how the tournament is shaping up there from green jackets to plaid jackets. Hey, Jeff. Tartan jackets. 
<laughs> yes, tartan. But, uh, Let me get it. Let me get it correctly. I should know this. Yeah, it, 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 but that, no, no worries. I mean, uh, it's also a term that says get your plaid on, so uh, I suppose it's interchangeable, but uh, officially the, the jacket's tartan. Anyway, it's a, it's a big event uh, for this area this year because – uh, as the, you may remember from the headlines back in, in October, we had a big old hurricane, Matthew, that, that rolled through here and, and really hit the island hard. And uh, everybody in the community has been hard at work to uh, not only get the place cleaned up for their own personal purposes, but to put their best face forward, you know, with the television cameras on this week. And, and Harbor Town looks great. They lost almost 300 trees, but uh, wow. it, it may come out a little better because uh, there'll be more sunlight and airflow. Uh, and I can tell you from R- RBC Heritage Media Day, there's still too many trees for my game. No doubt. I have uh, played Harbor Town a number of times, actually. And uh, that is one difficult golf course. It's, it's deceiving. So a guy who really likes that golf course is Luke Donald. He's had four second-place finishes since 2009. What's it going to take to get Luke over the hump? Maybe he'll have to come from behind because uh, three of those second-place finishes actually took place with him uh, holding the 54-hole lead, including last year. He took a one-shot lead into the final day. And then Brandon Grace came from three shots off the pace with a very solid five birdie front nine to chase him down. But uh, uh, Luke's done everything but win. Uh, Not only does he have the four runner-up finishes, he also has a pair of third-place finishes. So that's six top threes in the last eight years, but none of them wins. So along with Luke Donald, a bunch of other RBC-sponsored players have kind of had a good streak of luck at that course what is it about that uh about hilton head and and that kind of gets all those guys going jim furick graham mcdowell brent snedeker yeah you're right uh, i i suppose for one thing rbc's got a very good eye for golf talent that fits <laughs> fits this place because uh if i think it's six out of the last eight or something like that you know, where the letters RBC on their sleeves. So uh, whoever's doing the scouting to, to sign those guys up, doing a pretty darn good job. But these are all guys that are positional shot players. These are not bombers, and, and you can't play Harbortown as a bomber's course. Uh, uh, you know, Luke, Luke is, is short but very positional. Jim Furyk, he says Harbortown is his favorite course on, on tour, and he's won twice here, so uh, so certainly that, that pans out. But uh, again, uh, uh, not a long hitter, but a very straight hitter. Graham McDowell, same way. Brant Snedeker, uh, you know, maybe one of the shorter hitters out on tour, but a, a great putter. So they're looking for guys, obviously, that, uh, that, that can play to the strengths of this course, and uh, they've got it to pay off pretty good. Well, it's one of the prettiest finishing holes, the 18th there with the, with the um, lighthouse in the background, the Calabogie sound. Uh, that's it's just a beautiful part, as is uh, Hilton Head Island, and it is a it is a very special tournament and fun to watch on television. Uh, even you know even though it comes after the Masters because it's very visual and just some great scenery. We we got to run, Jeff. But who are you going to pick to come out on top and put that tartan jacket on? <laughs> uh, I I think uh, Matt Kuchar uh, carries a certain amount of mojo after his 
great finish at the Masters on Sunday, including that eight at number 16. He's a former winner here. And so I, I pick him number one. Um, I can't ignore Luke Donald either. As long as he uh, you know, continues to play his game, I figure he's going to win it one of these years. And this is a place where no matter whether he's number one in the world or fighting uh, to stay in the top 100, this is a place where he seems to always play well. All right, Jeff Shane from the Island Packet up there in beautiful Hilton Head Island. How do our listeners uh, follow you this week and weekend? <laughs> Go to islandpacket.com. I think it out because it's not only a sporting event here, it, it's you know the event of the season. So, All right. Uh, lots of stuff on and off the course. All right, Jeff, thanks so much. Will Perry, I'm picking Mark Leishman. You I'm going to take a pass this week. I'm too much on the Masters high, but I'm going to go with Martin Keimer based on his finish from Augusta. All right, we're out of here, the Golf Insiders. Bye-bye.